Crosswinds family and friends, welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles for authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews in ways that we hope will be fun and accessible. Um, I'm Craig Cooper. Uh, I'm the host of this podcast as well as lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. Um, we have Sheldon Boyce who's producing this episode. Uh, thanks to Sheldon for doing that. Um, we have our our producer, our head of producer, our executive producer, uh, uh, Elijah Merrill, in studio with me. Sometimes he co-hosts, sometimes he hosts. He's just he's just the brains behind the outfit. And so, Elijah, thanks for for being here with me. Um, if you want to know more about this podcast or anything Crosswinds related, head on over to our website at crosswinds.church. That's crosswinds.church. Well, as I was saying, I have in studio with me Elijah. Elijah, thanks for for being here. Yep, absolutely. And then we have with us, and, and uh, if you haven't heard the previous two episodes, I encourage you to go back, start there. Um, but if not, uh, this episode will be worth the listen. I have a good friend of mine, Pastor John Baker, who pastors a church just outside Cleveland, Ohio. John, thank you so much for being with us again. Oh, you're welcome. Well, let me try to bring this up to speed quickly. It's going to be hard uh, because John has, has laid down a ton of wisdom for us. But um, the first episode, we talked a lot about sort of his his walk with God, where, you know, um, the whole journey of coming to Jesus, uh, call to ministry, um, just that uh, the spiritual disciplines, his growing in Christ. And then we ended that episode and started the next talking about his diagnosis uh, just over a year ago, pancreatic cancer and the journey that he's mm-hmm. gone through. Um, and, and just the honesty, I think more than anything, and, and I said this in both of the episodes so far, I had the opportunity to sit with John midway between where our churches are in Erie, Pennsylvania. And as I left that time, I thought, all this wisdom he's just laid down before me, I want him to be able to share it with others. And what impressed me so much was in the midst of all this, amidst all this wisdom, was just this pure honesty of saying, understand, this isn't easy. Uh, You know, I have my struggles. I have my bad moments or days. Um, and, And if you've read his post, he's very honest about that. Yet, it becomes very clear that he wants to glorify the Lord through all this. And so we left off last time. He had put a post out, or a few posts actually, were sort of like uh, thoughts from a dying man. That, that if you listen to last one, was a brilliant. They were brilliant posts. But I was on Team Michelle, who's his wife, who said I don't like hearing it that way. And I think I said uh, in the last episode, uh, I think I said even when I sat with you, it, it, it would, the posts themselves were brilliant. But when, when somebody who you've known now for over 35 years and who you love and cherish as a friend puts out there this, this eminent type of thing, you know, it, it just, I, I just, I, I was shocked. In fact, the first time I read the first post, I couldn't get past the first sentence for a while. Um, however, uh, the intent, and it worked on me, and so I don't know, I, I'm sure a lot of people have responded to those posts, but oh, yeah. it was the fact that we're all dying. And so unless we're raptured, um, we're going to die. And we even talked last time, even if God divinely heals you, and we believe he can, we share that belief, the three of us in this room share that belief, mm-hmm. um, you're still going to die. It may mm-hmm. not be of this. You know, I, I've heard of people, you know, man, I was healed from whatever when I was 20, and they may die when they're 90, but they still mm-hmm. died, mm-hmm. you know? And you you made the statement that I thought was this. <laughs> I never really thought of it that way, but you, you had talked about the scientists who have come up, how many people have ever lived? Seven billion people. And you said uh, only uh, only two. 
uh, right. that we know of, Enoch and Elijah, are, have, have actually not died physical deaths. They were sort of taken up, right? And you pointed mm-hmm. out that even Jesus died on the cross, then was resurrected and ascended. And so mm-hmm. really there's only two in human history that we know of who have, who have done that, and yet we all think we're going to br- uh, beat the odds. And, and if we look at that, the odds of, of possibility, none of us are going to unless we're raptured. Right. And so there is this that, that amazing reality of living every day with intentionality, living every day um, for mm-hmm. what the Lord has for us. And, and I've seen that in you. Um, and so I, just with all that, I have this question— what has surprised you most about God's people since this diagnosis? I'm talking about the church, mm. right? Not necessarily mm-hmm. your church, but just the church. You know, what has surprised you most? And maybe you have a few most, right? But what has surprised you most about God's people since diagnosis? That's a big question. And it's hard not to make it my church. Because our fine. church make is, it whatever you want. It's, it's our, our church is our church has been awesome mm. through this. Um We've went through some changes in our church, some hard times, and I keep telling our district superintendent that I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but here right now because they have just become my my extended family. The other thing that's impressed me was uh, it, it makes me feel bad because I don't want to be arrogant, but how important I am. I, I mean, the church cares, you know, and, and people who we've ministered to back in Oakdale and West Union Man, I get notes from them. Um, I get I get notes. I get cards from people I don't even know because they're part of somebody else's church, you know. But their pastor talked about it, or a relative talked about me, and they they send me a note that I'm praying. And for you know, I believe in the power of prayer. Yeah, and we we say that from the pulpit. We say that in our teaching and whatnot. But I have experienced the power of God's people praying. And one of the things, it's one of the reasons why I like I post and I like posting. If I'm having a bad day, this has happened multiple times, not just one, one off. It, it's happened a lot. I'll be having a bad day. I mean, just negative thoughts, depression, and you know, you deal with this and you you're gonna get depressed, you know, especially when you start thinking about I'm not gonna see my grandbaby grow up, or I'm not gonna be able to hold my wife or take care of the property for her and do all the things I should be doing because I'm dead. Uh it it's depressing. And I'll get on and just say, you know, I'm struggling today. I'm having a hard time. Would you just pray for me? And literally within a half hour, something will begin to change in my spirit. I can't explain it. I, I, it's not because I'm willfully choosing not to be depressed anymore. Something begins to change. And I can only credit that to the power of people who started to pray for me, you know, and saw that post and said, you know what? They stop and they pray and they they type that back. I, I stopped. I prayed. My wife and I just prayed for you. My husband and I just prayed for you. And I have seen that multiple times where people started to pray and my attitude began to change. You know, my my demeanor, my outlook began to change, began to become more hopeful, began to, to be okay with whatever's going on at the moment. Um, there is serious power in prayer, and that's where I've really seen the church go to town. You know, just the people coming out of the woodwork praying for me. It's also opened some doors up because, honestly, there's some people say, oh, I'm praying for you, and I'm thinking, God ain't listening. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're, the way you're living sure ain't showing much, but, <laughs> but it's opened some doors up for me to talk to people. And I've had people, you know— High school friends who I never thought were spiritual at all 
start praying for me and opens up conversations. And just to see, you know, 30, 40 years from high school, how God's worked in their heart and their life, you know, and just getting into those conversations. I would have never had those conversations had this not happened, had I not been asking people for prayer. Um, but in our local church, you know, first and foremost, my my life spring mighty men that we get together every Tuesday night, they have been so encouraging, you know, and I the cool thing is God did not save us to walk this journey alone. He put us in a family, an extended family called the church. And the power of the church has just been awesome. You know, the district, our district pastors getting together, you know, praying for me, you know, churches I've ministered to, churches I grew up in praying for me. One of the neatest things through this, uh, we had an ordination service. I I chaired, well, I was, I'm sort of letting go of some of that right now. The District Board of Ministerial Associate or District Board of Ministerial Standing takes care of pastors that are coming in to become pastors, to get licensed and ordained. And I chaired that for years here in Ohio. And we had an ordination service. And I just felt like my wife and I both felt we wanted to have some of the pastors pray over me, but I didn't want to take away from the ordination service. That's That's not what it was about. So I asked the district superintendent, he said, I'd love to do that. After the service, he just put a call out. He said, anybody who wants any pastors who want to stay and pray over John and Michelle, you know, just come back into the sanctuary, we'll gather around the altar. Probably had about 50 to 60 pastors in lay hands on me and Michelle, Michelle and I, and began to pray. It it was a powerful, powerful moment. Uh, It was loud. I mean, it was almost deafening loud because everybody was praying out at the same time. Amazes me, God could hear it all. I don't understand how God God can do that, but he does. And just to have, there was power in that moment of these men of God, uh, some old, some young, that just came around us and began to pray for myself, my healing and my family. And that the that was huge. You know, the church is is just behind us and believing in us and believing in my healing, believing in God. Have you had any awkward moments uh, that you would share? I mean, maybe not, but like, oh, yeah. And and how did you deal with those? Because, you know, so many people listening here are are in a similar situation as yours and wondering probably, you know, how do we deal with those awkward moments? And so can you share one with us? Oh, everybody becomes an expert on cancer all of a sudden. Okay. You know, oh, you need to try this and you need to do this. And I have a, you know, second cousin twice removed that did this and Mm. there's still living, you know, so everybody comes as experts giving advice on how to deal with this and how to deal with the cancer and their, their solutions. That creates some awkward moments. It's like, well, thank you. You know, as a pastor, I smile and thank you. Not, there's no way I'm going to do that, but (laughs) you know, thank you. Anyway. Um, I had somebody that, that flat out told me you need to stop chemo and start trusting God more. Oh, wow. You know, you need to, you're you're trusting too much. Uh, walked away and said, whatever, if it was your child, I bet you wouldn't be doing this. Okay. You'd be doing everything the medical community yeah, would give yeah. you to try. Yeah. You but know, like to their but face, I, I did st- what would you say to them to their face? You don't mind me asking. Cause you're a nicer person smiled. than me. So I'm just trying to figure out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm aspiring to be John. So tell me, tell me what I should do in it. If I'm ever in a situation like that. Uh, I just smile and tell them, thank you. And then walk I'll away. Think about it. it. Okay. But did you have Craig thoughts when you walked away? Because my thoughts as I oh, walked yeah. away would be yeah, okay, like, good. Okay. whatever. That, that's my whatever. So you are human then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yours is whatever. Mine's usually other stuff I have to repent of. But okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I get it. No, I, I, I no, just, And then I comfort myself. I'm like, 
if this was your child, come on, you would do whatever you could to explore what the medical community, because I believe God gave us the medical community as modern miracles. Yes. Just since I've been a pastor, heart medicine, heart surgeries, cancer medicine has come so far. And I think God's orchestrated that. Hmm. And I think sometimes we can forget that, you know, when, when we're healed of anything, whether it be quote unquote, the common cold cancer, mm-hmm. whatever, a broken bone, um, whether it's instantaneous, which guy can and has done and does do, or right. it's over time, it's still a healing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. if he if he chooses to use a doctor, the doctor was his instrument, but the healing comes, he's the healer, God's the healer. <laughs> you right. know, it's yeah. like, you know, you and I are pastors, all three of us are pastors. When we preach... Yeah, we're preaching, but it's the very spirit of God that actually mm. puts the power in that message. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's times mm-hmm. I've preached and people have come up and said, man, when you said this, God really spoke to me. And I don't, re- I know I didn't say it. Yeah, but I know. the spirit yeah. somehow, that's what they heard. Right. And, right. And that's how I equate it with, with, with medicine, right? That, that, yeah, they have all this knowledge and stuff and they're using it to bring healing, but God is the one who gave the knowledge. God is the one who provided anything we have on earth anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's the healer, right? And so it's mm-hmm. interesting that sometimes we we separate that, right? Like the medicine, you're trusting too much of medicine. No, no, I'm trusting God, and this is just one way in which I'm, right. uh, in yeah. which I'm trusting him, you know? I mean, if we took that to the absurd ridiculousness, we wouldn't drink anything or eat anything. We'd just say, I'm just going to trust God. And God's right. going to go, well, yeah, I provided water and food. Mm. You probably should take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're going to see me a whole lot sooner than than, than you probably have pr- planned on. But um, Yeah, don't question me when you show up here too early. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I gave you it. What, gave what's you. your problem? What were you doing? What were you doing? Yeah, I was just, I was curious about that. Do you, any questions you're, you're curious about, Elijah, before I jump into another one? Yeah, I um... – uh, something that you said in the last episode, John, you were talking about how um, you you are you feel the closest to God that you've ever been right. through this experience, and it's something that you wouldn't you wouldn't have ever chosen to go through, right? But it's mm-hmm. it, but it has drawn you so close to God, and I was reminded that you know we know that if God wants to draw you closer to Himself, He will, and right. Just what you were talking about is how important it is that you don't miss that. You know, how can you can you share on that just a little bit? Well, I, I a couple of years ago, I prayed a prayer. I was, was really concerned about somebody's spiritual life. And I was so concerned about it. Somebody very close to me that I said, you know, God, if it takes my life to help them come to know you as Lord and Savior, so be it. It was a month later, I got a cancer diagnosis. Mm. So my wife's like, why did you ever pray that prayer? <laughs> you know, and I, I've questioned that too. Um, it, it's, there is tension that I, I have to live in now. On one side, God has made me so aware of his blessings on this earth. And as Christians, if anybody should enjoy life and be excited about the, the beauty of a sunrise or a sunset or the golden hue of leaves changing their colors or the grass growing or whatever, it, it should be us who follow God, you know, and to give him glory over that. And so 
we're in love with this world that he's created, rightfully so. And yet at the same time, the scripture tells us we shouldn't be so in love with the world that we're not ready to go see him. You know, that that love should be greater. And so there's this tension where I know I want to be with Christ. I, w- I want to go to heaven. And I- I've been telling people, I think heaven's going to be earth on steroids. You know, if we <laughs> think it's cool here, can you imagine what he's been doing over the last, you know, what Jesus has been doing over the last couple thousand years since he's been here even uh, in heaven. And so there's this tension that that we're called to live in that's hard. And I think you can escape it. You can you can ignore it. You can fill your life up with, you know, partying and busyness, jobs, work, alcohol, whatever, you know, to ignore this tension. But we live in this tension as Christ followers where we love the world and we're excited about what gave what God's given us in this world. But at the same time, we can't love this world so much that we don't want to go home. And there was one point and there was, it's, God, I've had those moments where God just sort of stepped in and and slaps me upside the head. That's usually what he does for me. And I was whining about leaving the earth and, you know, what I'm going to miss. You know, that's a, if you're having to contemplate death and dying, you start thinking about what you might miss, you know, seeing your grand, taking my grandson to a ball, his first ball game, you know, or seeing him grow up, seeing all of my kids get married and start having grandkids, miss Michelle, miss, you know, pastoring and, and being part of a congregation. And I was whining about what I would miss. And God, through his Holy Spirit, just spoke into my heart and said, dude, you don't know what you're missing right now. Mm-hmm. You're holding on to this life and there's so much more. And man, it just, I felt bad and excited all at the same time. I felt guilty that, yeah, I'm whining. I need to shut up. Um, But I felt also excited because God has something in store for us that's going to blow our minds. And for a long time, I was dwelling on the things of heaven. And in the last month or so, I've really sort of come around that I don't think we realize everything we have on this earth, God already thought of billions of years ago airplanes, technology, Mm. you know, we picture heaven like back in Jesus day where, you know, (laughs) we're fishing and living in stone buildings and, you know, eating dust all the time, you know, the chosen, the chosen videos. And we picture that's what heaven's going to be, but we don't realize all the stuff we have got already thought of, you know, and so much more that we can't even imagine it. And so I was dwelling on how awesome heaven's going to be. And then God just really started to work in my heart through some of the sermons that I've been preaching on heaven and hell, death and dying. And I came to the realization, I think the most, the couple awesome things that I look forward to in heaven is, and I'll do them in reverse order. One, there's no more sin in heaven. Do we really comprehend that? There will be no more temptation to sin. That struggle will be gone forever. Secondly, all the people that know Jesus that I love here on this earth, that I will miss on this earth, I get to see again, you know, that love Jesus and I'm going to be with them again. So I tell you what, that has my evangelism, that has put my evangelism on steroids. I want to see people again. I don't want you to miss heaven. I want you there with me. And so don't screw this up. Figure it out sooner than later. Yeah. And then the third thing, and I think the most important thing is I'm going to get to not just read about Jesus. I'm going to get to talk to him. Hmm. You know, you read the Gospels and and I think, man, it'd be so awesome to have been there and to been one of the disciples or just, you know, the beggar on the side of the road and have him pass by to see him have been so awesome. 
but there's going to come a moment where I'm going to be able to wrap my arms around his neck and hug him. And he's going to hug me back. And then I can sit and talk to him for a couple thousand years about what it was like. And that's okay because you'll get a thousand years too. And so will this person, so will that person that we're going to be there with him forever. Mm. And, you know, so yeah, heaven's cool with all the stuff in the worlds that God's created, you know, in heaven, but man, we're going to be able to be with Christ forever and ever. Mm. And that's pretty awesome. You know, and if you think about it. Yeah. Mm. Let me, let me ask you this, John. This is a question I like to ask people. Um, if you could have a spiritual conversation with anyone living or dead, other than Jesus, because you talk about Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that's the that's that's the the number one answer, right? So so, who would it be, and what would you talk about? Uh, Peter's my guy. I'd like to talk to. It is of all the people, it's yeah. Peter. Huh? And what? what yeah, yeah, to- Peter. Because I just was like, dude, why didn't you get it? You went back fishing how many times? You know, <laughs> and then what did you go through the night that you betrayed Jesus? What what went through your mind? Hmm. And then what went through your mind three days later when Jesus said, go tell my disciples and Peter, you know, to hear that news that I denied my savior. I denied the man I believed in. And now he's asking you to come back. You know, how did, what was that like? You know, what, what was it like to be there and your first experience with Jesus after he rose from the dead? You know what? I just love to sit and talk to him for a while. He, he's one of my biblical heroes because I feel so much like a Peter in my life. You know that, oh, I'm gung ho and I want to serve Jesus. I want to love him. And here I am screwing up again, you know, walking <laughs> away again. I do so remind I, I people, identify- though, Peter is the only other person besides Jesus who ever walked on water. Yeah, he, no might, kidding. He, he might have sank, and people always point that out, right? Poor Peter. <laughs> oh, he took his eyes off Christ. But I'm like, dude, he was on the water. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, and, everyone, and everyone on the boat wasn't thinking he sank. Everyone else on the that's boat was like, why didn't we walk out there? Like, yeah, why, that's why right. So, so I do think poor Peter sometimes gets a bad rap, but uh, there's a lot of great moments in Peter's life, you know, that, that you look at and think, man, there's an there's amazing moment. Mm. Oh yeah, and, and and the other. So I get that too. Like he he definitely has high highs and low lows. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's there's some other people. You know, John Wesley be fun to sit down and talk sure. to a while. Yeah, you know, to hear about marriage issues and stuff. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. 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 How well did that go yeah, for yeah, you, yeah, John? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. No. But seriously, sit down, talk to him about just his walk, and I love that the the whole his whole methodology of ministry would be awesome to sort of hear from him firsthand. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And who else? Who else? My mom and dad. Okay. You know, I, I want to sit down. I go to bed every night and I pray, God, give me a vision of heaven. You mm. know, what is heaven like? He doesn't do mm. it very often. But one of the occasions that happened to me um, uh, last winter, somewhere along the line, I had this dream where we went back to my home church and I was warmly greeted in the foyer uh, there was hundreds of people there that were just coming into the service. I mean, the place was packed. Somebody was up on stage and somebody started speaking. And a person next to me said, you know, this isn't the main speaker. We get to hear them in a moment. Um, I looked around. My mom and dad were totally in love with each other. They were a wonderful example for, for myself when it comes to marriage. And they weren't together. It was interesting because they had all their own friends that they were hanging with. And my mom had her friends and they were completely okay with that, you know, with all their friends around them and whatnot. And there was this excitement, this buzz in the building, you know, this, this, it was, it was worshipful. And it wasn't until right before I woke up from the dream 
I figured out, I, I learned who the main speaker was and it was Jesus. <sighs> and then I woke up and I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, this was like heaven. You know, this, mm. everybody was there and it was this, this uh, feeling of camaraderie, this, this love. And then the, the excitement for, you know, the big dog's going to come, you know, somebody's coming on the stage. It's the main speaker, you know, and, and this person that was talking was nothing, you know, and, and everybody was looking forward to it. And it was Christ coming to the throne, you know, and it really wasn't him speaking. It was all of us just, you know, you know, glory to God, grace, you know, crying out worship, you know, like I'll get out and just praising him, you know, for a long time. So that was one of those glimpses. And I'm like, man, I, I want to do that. You know, I want to go to that moment, you know, I, and, and it was just, I think the Holy Spirit's way of saying, this is a little taste of heaven. It's a little bit, I'll give you a little bit of what it's going to be like. Elijah, before I ask one last question, do you have, do you have anything you want to um, I would just say that like that that story of of getting that taste of heaven. I was um I was driving with a student once. We were coming on our way back from from uh, a camp that we were at for student ministry and and uh you know, student camp is like 5 mm-hmm. days of just games and worship, you know, and all this stuff. And, right. and there's such a spiritual high that comes down from that. But we were driving and uh, we were up. Um, I don't know why we took this path. It was a different path home than we took, but we were going on this. Um, the It was super, super foggy. And uh, the there was like almost no distinction between where we were and where the clouds in the sky started. And uh, mm. I was just, we we rolled down the windows, you know, and some of the fog came into the car and, and I, and he said, uh, He's like, man, I feel like I feel like we can almost touch heaven, you know. And it was just this cool. moment of yeah. like, just this this innocent. Um, it was it warmed my heart because I'm come as a leader. I'm coming off the camp and I'm exhausted. You know, it was good and all that, but I'm just super tired. And um, how it, how excited they were in this moment of mm-hmm. coming off of camp and feeling Christ's presence and feeling the Holy Spirit, and then just this brief example of God, like, giving him this little experience. And I just, I I think about how how much, in line with what you're saying, how how awesome that true heaven experience is going to be, and how mm-hmm. and how God is, has designed us for that. He's designed us for that, that, that eternity with him, and um, just how, I don't know, he, hearing you talk about it and sharing about what the Lord and the Holy Spirit's been moving in you through this experience is just very, it's very inspiring. Um, Mm. and it, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's, it's encouraging. So thank you. Yeah. I just hear over and over again in the last few episodes and time I get to sit around you is this be ready, right? Mm. Um, Yeah. No kidding. You know, I've had a lot of people because of all the stuff going on in the world, you know, ask the question, you know, is Jesus coming back right now? And I'm like, well, you know, my, my standard answer is what I do know is it, we're a day closer than we were yesterday. Yes, uh, right. Outside of that, I don't, I don't know. Only God knows. But I do know this. Be ready. Be yeah. ready. Yeah. Uh, whether, yeah. whether your time is now or Christ's time to return is now, be ready. Um, and Because we don't know either. We don't know mm-hmm. either. And so... You know, just 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 be ready, John. I'm going to give you a last word. Though I I want I want you um, just think for a minute, and you you've laid a lot of a lot of truth down on us. But what last words would would you give to the listeners? You know, sort of as you know, we've journeyed through these three episodes together. But as as, as sort of your parting words to them from this right. for this podcast, what would be your final words for them? 
Well, one of the things I've done is I've written my own sermon for my funeral. There you go. So, and I'm going to videotape it and oh. you're going to so get to see gonna me. you're actually going to preach it? Yes, I'm going to preach it. I'm going to preach my own funeral service. And if you don't like it, take it up with me. I don't care. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> so the the two things that, that really hit me, one, if you don't know Jesus, get that figured out. You know, I I love you. And maybe I don't know you the greatest. Maybe you're one of my best friends, you know, or relative, you know, whoever's sitting there. You know, you're here because you know something about me, you know, and you came to honor me. The biggest thing you can do is I want to see you again. And it'll be tomorrow. For me, it's going to be like tomorrow. If I die, it'll be like tomorrow. I'm going to get to see you, you know, because there's just no time in heaven. And I want you there. So, you know, if you don't know Jesus, figure it out, you know, talk to a pastor, get into the scriptures, just call out to God and get that settled, get that figured out because I want to be with you again. I'm being a little selfish here. I want to see you again. Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest thing. If you don't know Christ, if you know Christ, stop thinking around and get about ministry. You know, you may have a career, you may, you know, me not be a pastor. It doesn't matter if God didn't leave, God left us here for a reason. And if he didn't have a reason for us, this, the moment you got saved, he would have taken you out of here. You know, he would have brought you home. He left you here for a reason. And I really believe that reason is to be his goodness to this world and to lead others into his kingdom. And so if you know Christ, get about the work, you know, and don't tell me you're too old or you're too young or too inexperienced. You can still share your faith with other people. You know, and share your faith with your family members and, and share your faith with people, your neighbors and people you run into. Um, and somewhere along the line, I think we've lost that priority. But when you when you know death is coming and it's coming sooner than you would hope, all of a sudden those things become crystal clear. I, I'm I'm still doing um, a program through our district leadership training stuff because, you know, if God heals me, then I, I want to still be sharp. Uh, but one of the things I told the guy who's leading this, we had to do an exercise where he had to ask, you know, what's your life about? I didn't like it a year ago before I knew that I had cancer. And I went back to him and said, I have no question now about what my life and my ministry is about. And it's to help other people grow in their faith that know Christ or help people that don't know Christ know him. Yeah, that's right. One of the two. And that's it. And it has really sharpened my focus as a pastor. I don't want to get in a conversation with anybody that I haven't tried to point them to Christ somehow, you know, and I intentionally get involved with people in our community and people that I know are far from Christ. And before I would talk about the weather, you know, talk about how are things going, you know, and just dink around with, with trivial. Now I want to ask them, where are you spiritually? Tell me about your spiritual journey. What's happening. I had a man come into my office. I didn't know where he was spiritually. And he, he just wanted to come in and, give me a card and tell me he's thinking about me and praying for me. And I was like, I can't leave you, let you go. I need to know where you're at spiritually. And so he got to share his faith. I didn't know where he was spiritually. And so he opened up and, you know, shared about his journey with Christ and his journey in the church and, and uh, where he's at. And I don't want to leave an opportunity on the table that somebody might come to know Christ. You know, if I have the opportunity to share with them. Mm. Well, John, thank you so much for sharing your heart and life with us, I, and I can't think of better last words. Uh, you know, we, we say around here, no God, make him known, man. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. where it's at. 
and uh, right. what God's called us to. And so thank you so much for being a part of this po- these podcasts, these past three episodes. Uh, you're welcome. For those who are listening, thank you for taking time out of your schedule and making this a priority. Um, I hope you join us next week. Uh, we have another episode coming out next Friday. Uh, remember to check out Crosswinds.Church. That's where you can find out more things about this podcast, Crosswinds. Uh, as John was talking, you can find out how to how to receive Christ. In fact, we have something called a Yes Box that we send out to people who are exploring Christ or have recently made decisions for Christ to help them uh, take their next steps. Of course, we're here to help you take your next steps too. Uh, For now, as always, be blessed and bless others.